And so again, if you're visiting with us this morning, again, thank you for being here. And, um, you know, we're four days away from celebrating Thanksgiving. It's like, wow, this year has flown by. Uh, typically, Thanksgiving is a time where family comes together, friends come together, there's a meal, and you have to watch football. You have to watch football and eat. And hopefully your team is winning. But also know this is a time that can bring some sadness. The empty seat that used to be filled with a loved one. This is a time where, you know, we can get isolated and we can forget uh, the specialness of just being together. And, you know, it brings a lot of sadness. I was so encouraged to hear about uh, uh, a group pulling together a, a, um, a friendship, you know, Friendsgiving is what they called it. And so people that didn't have family or people who had different situations, they're coming together and they're planning to celebrate and encourage each other. And I just love that about our church, that there's this connection and concern. And so no, no one should be by themselves uh, during these holiday period times. And, you know, Phil had mentioned our health empowerment group uh, doing this workshop and part of the workshop is navigating through the holidays so I really want to encourage you to come and join that at the end of the month because I think it's going to be helpful especially if that applies to you you know there is a uh, a popular tv show called undercover boss that I enjoy watching and basically these bosses want to see well what's going on in my company and so they disguise themselves and they go in to the company and they hear the real deal. They hear how people feel, they hear was opinions of them and that. And, and, uh, and, and so I wanted to start off our time together with a clip uh, from this show, okay? And so the message this morning is, in, is entitled, the returner okay and so you can turn your bible well, or your digital apparatus we're going to look at luke 17 luke 17 we'll be there in a minute and we'll have the video up in a minute Well, let's look at, let's, let's jump into the scripture here. Luke 11, uh, Luke 17, starting in verse 11. All right, there we go. 
Okay. Luke 17, start in verse 11. Okay, it says, as Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village, 10 men had leprosy. I'm sorry. 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, master, have mercy on, on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for he, he had uh, for what he had done this man was a samaritan jesus asked listen to this question didn't i heal 10 men where are the other 9 has no one returned to give glory to god except this foreigner and Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. And I know some of us are like, my Bible doesn't say that. That's the new life NLT trans translation. Amen. You know, one of the things that you love about Jesus is that he was all about the people. And the Bible says that he's traveling along the border of Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into the village, 10 men who had leprosy were there. And it says that they stood at a distance. And, you know, part of why they did that was because if you had leprosy, you were in a bad, bad situation, okay? Leprosy was a dreaded and debilitating disease. And in this culture, if you had it, you were ostracized and you were treated really, really bad. People in this culture thought leprosy was contagious. So when anyone showed signs of leprosy, they were immediately put out of the community. And generally, they would live in areas with other lepers. And people were assigned to take them food and, you know, help them with their needs. And so if you were a leper, you were no longer a part of your family unit. Whether you were a husband or a wife or you know, a teenager, or, and now you're, you're in this community. You couldn't hold a job. 
because, you know, you couldn't be next to people. People didn't want to be next to you. And, and, and so it created this situation that was just very lonely. In fact, they used to, uh, so, some of these people would have a, a bell and they would ring it to let people know that they were coming. Or they would yell out, unclean, unclean, to identify themselves so that people knew a leper was in the vicinity. In this society, it also meant that you were a religious outcast, that you were ceremonially unclean, and you couldn't participate in worship, uh, a temple worship. So you couldn't come to church. And basically, you were destined to live alone. And the only human contact that you would have would be with other lepers. So Jesus sees these 10 guys. They scream out to him, have mercy on us. Look at verse 14. Look at what Jesus says. <clears throat> when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And see, Jesus did something really powerful in this statement. Because sometimes people would miraculously be healed of this leprosy and not know how. And so what they would have to do is they would have to go to the priest and then the priest would examine them to say, okay, you're healed. You can come back into the community. And so when Jesus says this to these guys, he says, hey, go show yourselves to the priests. Now you got to think about this. What did they have to show the priests? Well, they had leprosy. So what am I, it's not like it's getting better. It's not like I see this healing. And so what Jesus was asking them to do is what he asked you and I to do. Walk by faith. Walking by faith simply means take God at his word and do what he has asked you to do because you believe that God's going to keep his promise. And so Jesus was saying, hey, if you think I am master, if you think I am Lord, go show yourself to the priest. The other thing Jesus knew is that the priest would then ask a question. Well, how did you get healed? And then they would say, well, this guy named Jesus healed us. Now, you think about it. Okay, if one guy came back and miraculously showed, okay, I get that. But if 10 lepers all came back at one time and said, Jesus healed us, that would be a miracle. So in verse 14, it says, so they went back and the Bible says, 
they were cleansed. Can you imagine how they felt from being ostracized and alone by themselves and they walk and get, get closer to the priest and their skin begins to be restored. They begin to have feelings in their extremities. They stub their toe and they can feel it. And you know, it's amazing because when this miracle happens, it says in verse 15, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. The Bible says he threw himself at Jesus' feet and he began to praise Jesus for his healing. And then in verse 17, look at what it says here. Jesus asked this question. He says, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was not only this foreigner the returner? Was, was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. You know, when you hear this story, sometimes we want to jump and say, man, those guys were so ungrateful. You know, I love the theme that's been communicated this morning. I didn't know what Manny was going to talk about. He talked about gratitude. I didn't know the songs that Daryl and, 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 uh, and Mark were, uh, were, were picking out, but, but there's this theme of, of gratitude and being grateful. And you know, sometimes you and I can relate to these nine lepers. But you know, the funny thing about being grateful is that it's hard to see ingratitude. It's hard to see ingratitude. Now, I wanna show this clip of the attitude of gratitude. Now, you can't hurt the strollers. So don't, don't be afraid of the strollers, just watch out for yourself. And we're just gonna go ahead and stockpile over here for right now. Okay. Will we go through all these in one day? Well, we sure hope so. through today. Uh, wow. Saturday is usually a pretty busy day. And let's go ahead and knock some more down back here. All right. Yeah. They're very fast working guy. It's hard to keep up with them. So, Albert, how long have you worked here? Uh, this is my sixth year on park. Sixth year? Yes, sir. So, you were here since you were 15? Uh, 14. 14. Yes, sir. Mom said get a job, so I listened. That's, that's how that works. Wow. Yeah, we can use another uh, another double stroller and a couple of single strollers. And now we're ready for the next rush of people. Let's go into the break room here and we'll have a, ourselves some lunch. All right. Yeah, sounds good. I grew up at this park. Uh, I've been on this park since I was two years old. I have 
all these ideas about theme parks and stuff. It's, it's not just a place I work. It's, it's my, my passion too. I love the theme park industry. I really like to get into designing if I could, you know, if, that, if that's something that I'm, design I don't know, attractions. Design attractions. Yeah. I've been working on a couple of designs and uh, I've got some, I mean, if you wouldn't mind seeing them. No, I wouldn't mind it at all. Cool. So this one is set on Lake Silver. It's a man-made lake here at the park. You're underwater at this point. You're underwater at this point. The other coasters go uh, underwater like that? To my knowledge, there's not a, a coaster that goes underwater. So that's another a benefit to it. Do you want to go to a design school? I don't know yet. That's the, that's the problem. Is that I come from a, a pretty poor family. We weren't well off in any sense. And so I have to work to go to school. And I'm trying to go to school for work. I just doing 10 hours a semester and then working 40 plus hours a week also. Wow. What, what do you think the ideal job is here? Um, I would like to eventually be uh, a CEO of Hirsch Properties. Who's in that job now? Joel Manby is our CEO. Mm -hmm. uh, he is a, a awesome guy. And I think that's, that's uh, something within your control. I just know by seeing the type of person you are. I mean, you've been fun to work with. That's what this park is on. I about. feel like you're my boss. Exactly. Like, but at a point, I'm going to become your boss again. I know. Well, back to work. I know. We got to go back to work. <laughs> I think our break's over with. Well, I have a lot of emotion for Albert. I, I, I really respect his passion and energy. If you want to be an employee of this park, the more you know about the park, the better you're going to be at your job. Albert does overwhelm me a little bit, but that's great because you can channel that. And it definitely makes me want to try to help in some way. You're trying to work full time and you're trying to go to school at night. You've inspired me to um, start a scholarship program. I should tell you, you're going to be the first recipient. Um, you're going to get to go to school full time. So you don't have to work all day. You don't have to go to school at night. We're going to actually pay you your 40 hours a week salary while you go to school. It's amazing. Well, you deserve it. All we ask is that you, you know, in the summertime when you're not going to school full time, you come know, back you to work. come back to work. I would love to. You can't keep me away from the place. <laughs> we need a lot of people like you with your, with your kind of passion, your kind of enthusiasm. First thing I'm calling is my parents. I'm going to be jumping up and down while I'm telling them, and I'm going to hear my dad. I know he's going to be so proud. You, you see the gratitude? I want you to think about these lepers that were ostracized, no human contact, loneliness. They listened to Jesus. He gave them back their lives, their families, their careers, their future. Jesus had just given them more than they had ever been given. And nine of them, they went on their merry way and only one returned. But here's what's interesting about this story. We would not think about this 
as a story of ingratitude if the one did not return. Because when you read other accounts of healing in the gospel, Jesus healed lots of people that did not come back and say, thank you. There's several accounts of when he heals people and they don't say thank you. And people were, were healed. They were, they were overwhelmed with joy. They couldn't walk and now they could walk. They couldn't see. Now they could see. And I don't know. Maybe the nine were so filled with joy that they just got caught up in life. That they went back and they, they hugged their, their families and, and they were overwhelmed with the fact that, that, that they were back. And see, church, you and I, we can be like this, right? We can continue to move forward in life. And it's not that we're not grateful, but we're just looking forward. We're looking at the next thing. All of a sudden, we got hope. All of a sudden, we got purpose. All of a sudden, we got passion and health. Man, we weren't getting hugs before. Now we're getting plenty. We're not living in isolation. We're not being yelled at. We're not being treated like an outcast. And I bet if we stop those nine and you said, how do you feel about Jesus? They would be like, Jesus is awesome. I'm going to church next Sunday and every Sunday afterwards. I am filled with joy. I am so thankful for what Jesus did. He healed me. And they would get up and they would tell their testimony about how he changed their lives. And their hearts would be filled with appreciation and they would feel thankful and they would feel grateful. But here's the thing. They felt it, but they didn't express it. You know, sometimes in our relationships, we feel things greatly and deeply, but we don't express it. We forget to kind of tie the loop there. You know, sometimes we can talk about maybe it's our spouse or maybe it's our kids to other people and we are so proud, but we forget to go back to them and let them know how special they are to us. We forget to close the loop. You know, somewhere in our lives, there's someone saying, weren't there 10? Weren't there 10? And here's the thing. I've realized this. You could beat yourself up in any area of your life. We can always do better, right? So we're not perfect. But when it comes to gratitude and thank you and please, Man, that's like a foreign language in our culture today. 
So here's a principle from this passage. Unexpressed gratitude communicates ingratitude. Unexpressed gratitude communicates ingratitude. And see, we can communicate ingratitude, but again, just like the nine, it's not because we're not grateful. We just get caught up and we forget to say thank you. And then because we're moving forward, because we're, we're, we're doing this, hey, now I got this degree. Now I got this business. Now I got this education. Now I got this raise or whatever the blessing might be. And we just continue to look forward and move forward and forget sometimes to communicate. I'm grateful. You know, ingratitude is really hard to see. It's hard because let's be honest, we, we are self-sacrificing people. We do that all the time. We give and we give and we give. And sometimes in gratitude, it can be really, really hard to see. And I, you know, I thought about this and I said, you know, our culture has changed so much. They got things like DIY or DYI, do it yourself. Where it's like, I remember asking my, one of my kids, I said, well, how did you learn to do it? I did it myself. You did it yourself. Yeah, I taught myself. What would you, they, they teach you on TikTok. TikTok taught me. TikTok taught you? So was there somebody on TikTok doing the teaching? So you realize you did not learn it on your own. Somebody still taught you. But we're bombarded in this world. It says, hey, you, you, do it, you do it on your own. You did that. You didn't get help. It's you. It's you. It's you. It's so funny. Thanksgiving's coming up. I want to set some of us up for Thanksgiving to have a awesome Thanksgiving. We got a lot of awesome moms in here, right? Okay, husbands, you want to have a happy Thanksgiving. Offer help to your spouse or your grandmom. Do not think, well, she's supposed to cook that dinner. We, we got husbands in here, right? We got men in here, right? Don't you feel thankful when your kids say things like, Dad, I just love the way you provide for our family. You're so awesome, Dad. What would we do without you? Right? See, 
sometimes dads can feel like ATM machines, right? I need $20. Can you fix this? Can you do that? I need, I need, I need, I need. And, you know, and you're giving, man. But it's a beautiful thing. Somebody just stops and says, you know, I know you don't have to do that. I know that you're not supposed to do that. Yeah, okay. Hitting the chord here, huh? Parents. It's important to let our kids know that we're thankful for them. That they're gifts. They're gifts from God. We prayed for them. We, they, I mean, and they're gifts. And I love what Vinny said. You know, this, this is a mutual thing here, right? Kids, don't you love when your parents say thank you? Can you please do this for me? Right? See, we have to remember we don't deserve anything. Let me tell you, I have a hard time with this one. I grew up in a home where respect was expected. There was no rejecting respect. If you did, you got rejected. And you know what I'm talking about. But I realize again, I can't do what my parents did to my kids. I might be clink, clink, locked up somewhere. If that was the, the case. But I love this idea of mutual respect. That you appreciate what I do, and I appreciate what you do, and we are expressing that. What would your family be like if every day you expressed the things that someone did for you? What would the atmosphere be like in your uh, company or in your job if there's a constant expression of thankfulness? Gratitude closes the loop. How many of us here have been to a kid's birthday party? Okay, amen. So little Johnny got a birthday party and Johnny's got a gift and now he's opening up all his gifts and he finds this football that Miss Susie gave him. He is excited, he grabs the football and he's like, woohoo! And mom is sitting over there in the cut. Okay, John. And she says those four words. What do you say? Right? Because if Johnny gets the football and doesn't say thank you, the loop is enclosed. And so she's there. Johnny, what do you say? And Johnny, oh. Thank you. Okay, Johnny, go ahead and play. And the loop 
is closed. See, that's what happened here in this story. The one came back and he closed the loop. He was the returner. You with me? What is a returner? A returner is someone who is willing to go back to those who enabled them to move forward. See, you and I have those people in our lives. And sometimes we got to stop and just remember who that is. And we got to be returners. Wow, you were willing to call me up and just see how I was doing. I appreciate that. You know, I used to work uh, for an insurance company called Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield. And I was on the phones eight hours a day dealing with people. And they were calling because they had problems. And the thing that I loved about the job, you got to interact with people. You got to talk and you know it can wear you down and whatnot. But man, I've developed a conviction. If somebody calls me, somebody texts me, I'm gonna text you back. I'm gonna call you back. You know, it really baffles me sometimes. We can text or call one another and we don't respond. We don't respond to each other. And I wonder why. Sometimes we get busy, don't get me wrong. I don't, I'm not perfect, but sometimes some of us, Man, we really just don't do it. That's not my form of communication. It's what I found out. So what is your form of communication? Well, I like to be, you know, send me a pigeon with a letter or send me. And I'm like, really? Okay. See, it's a, it's a, it's a mutual thing. The returner returns because of what's been given to them. You don't realize the impact you have when you come back and say, thank you. Having that attitude, you know, without your help, man, where would I be in my marriage? Without your support, I don't think I would have continued to go on and do this or to do that. This man came back to Jesus and he praised him in a loud voice. And, you know, we too need to have that same attitude. Because when you stop and think about how good God's been to you, what does he deserve? I got one more video here I want to share, and then we're going to wrap it up on a guy who closed the loop and was a returner. So what, where do you live? I live in Los Angeles, South Central Los Angeles. So it's how long is your drive? Like Two hours and a half. Holy crap. I had to get to work. You know, well, before I even came to graphic designing, um, you know, I was a young kid. I um, I grew up in bad neighborhoods thinking that, you know, everybody belonged to a gang and I thought that was the way it's supposed to be. But I thought making money in drugs. I said, drugs is the way to go. 
I don't need education. I don't need nothing. I, 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 I got my... Oh, did I do that? What did I do? So what, where do you live? I live in Los Angeles, off central Los Angeles. So it's how long is your drive? Like Two hours and a half. Holy crap. I had to get to work. You know, well, before I even came to graphic designing, um, you know, I was a young kid. I um I grew up in bad neighborhoods thinking that, you know, everybody belonged to a gang and I thought that was the way it's supposed to be. But I thought making money in drugs. I said drugs is the way to go. I don't need education. I don't need nothing. I, I, I got money. So around 19 years old, being placed under arrest, I'm a thought had two strikes. Third strike means 25 minimum, life without parole. And I went to court and as I was going to court, um, I see my mother. She's crying, and I look my I look at my daughter, and and the, I'm just only two months old, and I said I can't be a parent, I can't be a son, and then wow, I ruined my life completely. I said, God, you know what? If, if you do a miracle in my life and get me out of this place, and then I'm I'm gonna live my life right. So in the courtroom, the judge tells me stand up, and he tells me today's your lucky day. And he said, we're dismissing your charges. And I said, only a miracle can do this. And that was the day I got released. First thing I do, I'm gonna go find myself a church to get into. So that's my goal, put me in a position where I can help somebody else find their way, find a direction. That's really amazing. It's a struggle and it hasn't been easy and it's even not, isn't easy now. Um, we actually lost the house today. You lost your house? We got evicted today. Oh, wow. Gary, the biggest gift for me was to see a man who made a lot of mistakes and now has turned his life around in the most amazing way thank you i want to give you the best opportunity to just continue to grow in your fast science career so i am going to bring you out to dallas where our corporate office is for a week and put together a customized training program for you teaching you all the tricks of the trade all expenses paid as well as your salary during that week and so have this opportunity to learn more and have it presented to me as a gift. I'm really grateful. I know how much your church has helped you and the importance that that church has in your life. So I would like to give you something for you to give your church. $15,000. <laughs> the church is about to close down because it couldn't pay their dues. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and there's something else I'd like to do for you. I so respect that you make the long two and a half hour drive to work. And I know how difficult it can be when you don't have a dependable car. So I would like to give you a new car. <laughs> We're trying to save up, but we can't. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Thank you. It breaks my heart to think of you and your family being evicted from your house. So I'm going to give you $50,000. <laughs> Thank you. Our prayers have been getting answers just one day. All of them get answered one day. This doesn't happen to people like me. This this is
I'm not supposed to be here. It's supposed to be somebody else. I'm going to tell you that I don't believe that's true. You're going to be an inspiration that brings lots of other people out of the darkness into the light. Can I give you a hug? I would love a hug, Gary. It doesn't feel like it's real. It almost feels like a dream. It's still in shock. Are you willing to be a returner? Let's, let's be returners. You know, who is it in your life when you heard that, man, who, who do I need to thank? Don't let it go unexpressed. Let's express it as often as we can. And here's another thing I want to put out to us. We're going to have on our website 30 days to a thankful heart. And so each day, you go to the web, to our website and there's going to be a scripture and just a little thought about asking God to help us to develop that heart. And so please join us in as we get ready to go into this holiday time. Let's decide to be returners. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand and sing. We're going to sing one last song. And then we'll be dismissed.